Hi, I'm John Belushi. I'm a zit. Get it? Welcome one and all, you are listening to the Late Night Fright Horror and Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We are so glad to have all of you with us this evening. We have a movie that is a little hard to describe uh, yes. tonight. It is not exactly a horror movie. It's not exactly a sci-fi movie, but it's a very dark comedy that gets into moments of awkwardness and the absurd and sometimes it feels a little horrific. A little horrific there are yes. references to classic horror movies throughout it. So mm-hmm. it's one of the more interesting movies we've done on the show in the three-year history of the show now. We also picked it for a very specific reason. We are celebrating the life and legacy of the one and only John Belushi. We are uh, marking the anniversary of his passing. He passed away 40 years ago. March 5th, 2022 will be the 40th anniversary of his passing on March 5th, 1982. We're going to get into John tonight. We're, we're fans of John. And this one, you can see some things. You can see what he was, what he did, and, and possibly where he was going. Yep. So we're going to get into all of that. Let's introduce the movie from director John G. Avildsen, the Academy Award winning director of Rocky, who... Both stars of tonight's movie wanted to kill <laughs> writer Larry Gelbert, who brought the TV show MASH to the to the small screen, adapted that from the Robert Altman film for the small screen. That became a huge hit. You know, that show ran longer than the actual Korean War lasted. That's that's <laughs> something. And this is based on a big hit novel by Thomas Berger. Faith from 1981. What is tonight's movie? It is Neighbors. With... John Belushi and his partner in crime and soulmate Dan Aykroyd. This is one we're we're gonna get into it. This there's would you say there's some this is a strange oddity of a film? Oh, of course I would. This is a very strange oddity of a film. We are gonna talk all about it in just a second. We're gonna pause for a message from our sponsor. We will be back right after this message. I am Dan. And I am Faith. You're listening to the late night fright horror and sci-fi movie podcast. We'll see you on the other side. is on his way to a gold medal in the decathlon. They're setting the bar at seven feet. Here's his approach. And he's got it! Belushi's won the gold. Now he's going for the world's record. He's making his move. They're in the final turn. He's kicking it in. He's got it! A spectacular time. A new world's record. Unbelievable. What a day for John Belushi. I logged a lot of miles training for that day, and I downed a lot of donuts. Little chocolate donuts. They taste good, and they've got the sugar I need to get me going in the morning. That's why little chocolate donuts have been on my training table since I was a kid. Little 
chocolate donuts, the donuts of champions. Thank you, Little Chocolate Donuts. Little Chocolate Donuts. <laughs> it never fails to make me laugh. It's even funny when you just hear it. I, I know. It's you don't have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> wait, right. wait, we should tell them for his birthday, in case you don't follow on uh, my personal Instagram, we had Little Chocolate Donuts in honor of his birthday. John Belushi <laughs> was born January 24th, 1949. I, I know it's his birthday because my grandmother... And John shared a birthday, and sh- or sh- I should say, share a birthday. Yeah, they're both no longer with us, but uh, so I always know that it's Belushi's birthday, and I'm a huge fan of, of John. And we marked the occasion <laughs> with little chocolate donuts. We we had little chocolate donuts, and yes, it was, we did. It and was we had wonderful. Blues Brothers coffee. Blues Brothers coffee, yeah. straight out of Canada. Yeah, <laughs> Canada is noted for their coffee, are they not? <laughs> They are noted for their coffee. Well, John was, uh, we have a special treat tonight. John was one of the original not ready for primetime players on Saturday Night Live. And John did, for my money, maybe the greatest Captain Kirk impression of all time. I would say so. It was on the very first season of the show. And it was the very first time that Star Trek had been parodied. And what was what is brilliant about that skit is they play it so straight, and it's about the network canceling the show. If you've never seen it, it's about twelve minutes long. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. He is really wonderful because he does not uh, venture into parody. He keeps it completely between the lines, and he is doing a spot on Captain Kirk. He's not doing Shatner. He's doing Captain Kirk. <laughs> he he is. is playing Captain Kirk. Shatner is not a fan of the way Belushi looks in the uniform. To that, I will say, with all due respect, he looked a lot like Mr. Shatner did in the third season of that <laughs> show when things got weird and weight was yeah. being put on. But uh, it, it's one of our favorites. Uh, if you've ever seen it, it's probably one of your favorites. If you're a fan of Star Trek, it's it should be one of your favorites. It's really wonderful. He did a really wonderful job. But we have a very special treat tonight. We've had special guest news anchors for all of the fake news not fit to print. We have one. Well, did you ever see the episode of Star Trek? I believe it's the fifth episode of the series, The Enemy Within, <laughs> where the inflappable Captain Kirk gets split, split. into two <laughs> in a transporter accident. And you have good Kirk and bad Kirk. Mm-hmm. And, and he must learn to rectify mm-hmm. the two sides of himself. Guess what? What? Our special news anchor tonight is the evil Captain Kirk. Oh, wow. Yes. Should, yeah. I, be, should I be afraid? Should I be worried? Oh, he's, he's all the way out on the other side of the galaxy. I mean. But, but we, we, can, we can contact him. I'd, okay. like, I'd like to check okay. in with him to see how he's doing. Okay. So if he's ready for his big <laughs> moment. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right, here we go. This is a special call out to the USS Enterprise where we have the evil Captain Kirk who's preparing for his big news debut tonight. Going to be reading the news right here on the Late Night Fright Horror and Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. You ready, Faith? I'm All so right, ready. here we go. It's ringing. I hear that. All right. It's exciting, isn't it? It is a little, yeah. Oh. Hey, Captain. Captain Kirk. I'm Captain Kirk. 
Yes, yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we lost that, him. That's it. That must okay. be must be pre-show jitters. <laughs> you remember so. he was he was a little honorary in the show, so maybe yeah. he's maybe he's. <laughs> that must be like uh, one of those acting exercises, you know, where you so. you know where you where you do your voice warm ups, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. So. He sounds a little edgy. I hope he. I hope he's able to work that out. All right. Speaking of edgy, the movie that we're talking about tonight had a very edgy production. Yes. Neighbors, as we said, it is chronicled in the book Belushi that was overseen by John's widow Judy. That Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi actually thought about taking a hit out on John G. Abelson because they didn't think he was funny and that he was ruining the movie. They wanted either one of them to direct or John Landis to come in and direct. John Landis was busy making American Werewolf in London. Could you imagine if Landis had directed this? Oh, oh my goodness. That would have been something. Okay, so we're going to get into Neighbors for a brief bit here because I want to talk about John a little bit before we really get into Neighbors. But the Long and Short of Neighbors, it's about Earl Keese and his wife. They live in a dead-end cul-de-sac. There is an electrical tower behind them. It's a big power line. There's a swamp because a factory has been dumping into the fresh water <laughs> that once flowed freely there. It's not a very inviting place. They're one yeah. of two houses on this cul-de-sac. And then Vic and Ramona, played by Dan Aykroyd, and the really great Kathy Moriarty. She's really good in this. Move in next door and basically all hell and awkwardness <laughs> breaks out. Um, John Belushi's wife in the movie is played by Catherine Walker. Catherine Walker was the former companion of uh, his old buddy, Doug Kinney. Doug Kinney founded the National Lampoon. He is chronicled in the movie that is on Netflix called A Futile and Stupid Gesture. He's played wonderfully by Will Forte. If you have not seen that movie, I highly recommend it. Uh, Catherine Walker plays Enid Keese, the wife of John Belushi's character, Earl Keese. Catherine Walker, as I said, was with uh, Kenny. And then she later married James Taylor. So Interesting. A so, couple of famous names there. So this is an odd movie. We're going we're gonna to get to it. <laughs> Before we do, let's talk about John Belushi. John Belushi, as we said, this is 40 years since he passed. And it's it, we're still feeling it. We're still feeling that. Here we are. He died on March 5th, 1982 at the Chateau Marmont in Hollywood. Uh, we're not going to get into the details. You know the details. You know what happened to him. There's plenty of information out there. I don't feel that we need to go down that road no. uh, uh, any more than it's, it's, it's that path has been, been trod upon and trod very well. Let's talk about him. We we are fans of his, and I'm really excited to talk about him on the show because he is one of my favorites, and he's been one of my favorites since I was a wee little lad <laughs> many, many, many years ago. I'm old enough to remember when he passed away. I, I, I have a vague memory of seeing him on the TV because I was, I was three or four years old when he, when he died. What is it about him? We're 40 years on. Really, we had him for seven years. We yeah. only really had him in the pop culture for seven years. He did four years on Saturday night live Saturday night live when it, when it debuted really revolutionized TV and things and modern comedy as we know it was kind of put into motion by that first cast of Saturday night live. We're going to talk about his influence on that cast in a moment, but we have four years of TV and five movies. I think it's five it movies. Like Let's see. It's so going, it's going South animal house. Uh, old boyfriends, 1941, The Blues Brothers, Neighbors, 
Am I forgetting one? Did you say Continental Divide? Continental Divide, seven. It's seven Seven movies. movies. I'm sorry. So we had him for seven years, seven movies, four years on on television. And you love him. I love him. What is it about him? Because it still feels very fresh and relevant. It does. I don't know. I guess he just, he, he possesses this quality that not a lot of people today have at all. Like I... He's so unique. He was very good friends with Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher appeared in the Blues Brothers with both John and Dan Aykroyd. And Carrie called him a focus puller because there was something about him. You had to watch him. And he could be doing nothing, a lot of nothing, or a little of nothing. And you gravitate towards him. Uh And he had a very special, unique gift very, very special, unique gift. I feel and like his energy was so strong, you know, like just even on well, strong, a movie yeah. screen. So just strong. that that he, he he just pulls you in. There's a sweetness and a kindness to him, and mm-hmm. there's an ambition and a drive. And uh, I think it's the the imbalance of that. I'm not going to psychoanalyze the the man, but it's the imbalance, I think, that got him in the end uh, because the the problems that he had, the disease that he had, you know, overtook him. He was, you know, there was, there was, the drive was too much, right. I think, in the end. But there is, there is, there's this quality to him. And if you've never seen the movie, and first off, if you've never seen him on Saturday Night Live, you need to go and watch <laughs> yes. at least the best of John Belushi on Saturday Night Live and watch the variety of characters that he played on Saturday Night Live and the, and the impressions he did. And musical impressions. The, the impression he did of Joe Cocker is is world class. But uh, he he would do Henry Kissinger, and he did he did a bunch of different people. But these wonderful characters he created. Maybe the most famous impression he did was of Toshiro Mifune, the great Japanese <laughs> actor who appeared in Yojimbo and is most famous for playing you know in the Akira Kurosawa Samurai films. And John Belushi created this character of Samurai Futaba. He was watching. Kurosawa on TV and he started doing Kurosawa and brought that to the show and it became one of the most popular bits. Mm -hmm. And it's this really wonderful encapsulation of what he was because it's very physical. He uses his eyebrows. He had these magical cartoon eyebrows that he could, he could deploy at will. (laughs) And I was reading a lot of that came because his grandmother was from Albania. John was of Albanian descent and his grandmother didn't understand English. And so he had to communicate with her, you know, non-verbally. Right. And so it was a lot of making of faces and sounds and, and trying to make her laugh. And, and Nana loved John from what I hear. <laughs> if you've, if you haven't seen, there's a wonderful Showtime documentary called Belushi. That's based on that book I just mentioned with interviews from his friends. And it's really worth a watch and you'll get a, you'll get the full picture. You know, it's not, sugar-coated but yeah. it's 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 really really wonderful to hear his contemporaries talk about him and and why he's still relevant but um there the the facial mannerisms of the samurai and the, and, and he he was a physical god he was shaped like a bowling ball but the guy could move that body like nobody's business he was a champion football player in in high school i know that's very interesting yeah, was was a was a hell of a good football player, and 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 had command of his physical faculties, and you see it with the samurai, but in and can can make you laugh without even saying a word, which just kind of you know do, <laughs> doing this really wonderful stuff. I mean, characters like uh, uh, Gus from the Olympia Cafe with cheeburger, 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 
all these these wonderful characters, but it's, it's when you get to Bluto in Animal House, okay, and he's not in the movie much. He's he's there, but he's not the focal point of the movie. Right, and he pops in and out, and he's like the Cookie Monster. And <laughs> the scene, if you've never seen this, watch the scene when he's in the cafeteria food line, and he's not saying a word, and he's just kind of dancing about and just filling up that plate like the glutton that he is and he's precious it's absolutely precious. <laughs> yeah, the, whole, the whole thing is absolutely precious but then he had this other side where he wanted to be a rock and roll star and that's where the blues brothers comes in and you know we said it last week but at one point on the week of his 30th birthday january 24th 1979 he had and this has not been duplicated. He had the number one TV show, Saturday Night Live, the number one album, Briefcase Full of Blues by the Blues Brothers, and he had the number one movie, which was Animal House. So it's this incredible meteoric rise, and he was here for a little while. It's kind of like Hendrix, and then right. he went away. You know? I know. He burned so bright that it burned out. You know, And uh, his his legacy is on, still being felt on modern comedy because – he brought together all of these players. The second city in Chicago, the uh, improvisational troupe up there that's you know celebrated worldwide. Uh, usually, when you go into it, you audition and you go to like the second stage. I guess they call it, you know you kind of do the training program. Mm-hmm. He went right to the main stage. He's the only one that's ever done it, and that's where he met the likes of Harold Ramis and Joe Flaherty and all of the Brian Doyle Murray, Bill's brother, which then gives him the contact with Bill. And so from that, then he, he hooked up with the Lampoon people. He was in a show called Lemmings where he meets Chevy Chase. And then they do the National Lampoon Radio Hour where he brings in Gilda Radner. He brings in Bill Murray. He brings in Harold Ramis. Okay, all of these names that you know. Chris Guest is in there from Spinal Tap, okay? But he's the linchpin right. there. So modern American comedy, comedy from the past 50 years, owes a great debt to John Belushi. Oh, and then, of course, he is on the original Saturday Night Live the first four years, and he actually opened the show. He was in the very first first sketch. So we're in agreement. There's something really, really wonderful about him. And what I love about him is there's this sense that anything can happen at any time with him. There's mm-hmm. this real sense of anarchy and there's this real sense of anti-establishment. And I love that. And I think that's missing today. We're so missing too. that spirit of rock and roll and flipping the bird at the establishment. Yes. And Lord knows the powers that be need the bird flipped <laughs> at them. I think they need a little more they than the bird flipped at more. them, but I'm not going to say anything on this show because I don't need any visits from anybody <laughs> from any <laughs> men in black so we've established that there's this very kind of warm persona there's this cookie monster cuddly persona with just, it yeah, there's the jake blues kind of bastard persona which is a lot of fun conniving scheming bastard now we get to neighbors so let's talk about neighbors what did you think of this film because <laughs> because this is this is honestly an odd movie to kind of quantify this might be like the oddest movie we've ever done and I might have ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it's up there on the odd list. It, it, but I love it. It really is. And I had not seen this. It had been 20 years easy since I had seen this movie. And parts came back to me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. 
what was striking me, and I, I made this comment as we were watching the movie, I said, I have no idea how they're going to bring this thing in for a landing. Because right. what I like, let's, let's talk about what I like about the movie. I like quite a bit about the movie. You're really only focused on four characters. You, you get the character of uh, Belushi and Catherine Walker, and you have Aykroyd and uh, Kathy Moriarty who move in. And it's really about the disruption of this guy's life. And this guy really doesn't have much of a life to begin with. It's, it's this, this go to work. It's, it's this thing that they, as we just said, the establishment wants you to go work for eight hours a day. And then they want you to go home and sit in front of the TV and they want you to eat their crappy food. And then (laughs) they want you to go to bed at a somewhat reasonable hour, wake up, wash, rinse, repeat. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's one thing the movie is saying, and and they literally live in a dead end on this, and it's not a very picturesque dead end. This is not uh, Wisteria Lane from Desperate Housewives. (laughs) This is, you know, out in the boonies, and and there's the power lines above them. You know, it's it's not an inviting place. It's it's not not a very colorful life. And so into this walks Dan Aykroyd and Kathy Moriarty, and... The, the what they've said is Belushi and Aykroyd were scheduled to play the other role. Belushi was going to play Vic and Aykroyd was going to play Earl. And they switched. They, their, their intuition said we should switch. So everybody's expecting Belushi kind of this wild madman, but he plays the more buttoned down type. And uh, honestly, when I was watching this, I was like, I, I couldn't see them switching. He had this down so well. Like this, this guy, this, this older suburban guy. And I'm going to ask all of you, if you're interested in him, if this is striking you, if you're intrigued by what we're talking about, you haven't seen Neighbors, well, watch Neighbors, but go back and really watch him in the Blues Brothers and in Animal House, especially in Continental Divide. We're going to talk about Continental Divide in a second, but. They're all different characters. Mm-hmm. There is there is no trace of one in the other. I don't see Blutarski. I don't either. In this, I don't see Jake Blues in this. No. I don't see uh, Ernie Socek from Continental Divide in this. He was an amazing, amazing actor. And the thing that I love about his performance here is, we talked about the eyebrows. He could deploy those eyebrows at will. He does it once, and it's not even really for a laugh. It's, right. It was just a moment of, of kind of, he was, it was just kinda, recognition yeah. kind of thing. Uh-huh. And so the things that you expect from Belushi are not in the movie, yet he's absolutely hysterical, and he owns it. It, it, it's, it was really incredible. And it's a shame. It's one of those historical what-ifs. What would he have done? And when you look at this, and you compare this film, his performance in this film, with the performance in his previous film, Continental Divide, Continental Divide, where he played, it was a it was a, a romantic comedy, a, a dramatic romantic comedy, and he's so wonderful in that movie opposite Blair Brown, and you see what this man, the path that I, the trajectory that mm-hmm. he was he could have gone on, gone yeah, and what a wonderful actor. I mean, different in everything I know. that he did. It's so amazing. You know, uh, it, it, incredible. Okay, so he's playing Earl. <laughs> <laughs> the relationship with his wife in this movie is is not very loving uh, with Enid Keese. <laughs> they I mean they're they're eating frozen waffles for for dinner. It's <laughs> it's not very inviting. And here comes yeah. uh here comes Vic and Ramona Zek, played by Aykroyd. 
and Kathy Morardi. Akron and Belushi are two flavors that always go together very well. They met uh, before Saturday Night Live, and as Aykroyd said, they fell in love. They they were you could tell they were soulmates. <laughs> you could tell their body language. You can tell that they mm-hmm. were. Uh, the, it's a shame when you have two men sometimes. You know that, that people like to put more on it than than right. there is. And Aykroyd said they shared everything but a sexual love. That, yeah. that that it was they were just soulmates, and you can tell. Ackroyd, man, this is Ackroyd in great outdoors mode. And this is annoying Ackroyd. He is wonderful here. Again, what a wonderful actor. What do you think of the Ackroyd performance here? Oh, I loved it. He's he he's very similar to Belushi where they can transform into these characters and not even be recognizable at all. Like we watch this and we're like, you don't even see him as a conehead in this movie, you know, you don't see him as as and compare Vic, compare Vic to his work as Ray Stans in Ghostbusters Afterlife, like what he's doing right. there, and it's absolutely blowhard comes to mind with with Vic, and it's just weird. Bill Conti, who wrote the score for Rocky and and has done countless wonderful scores, did the music here. And he references the Twilight Zone theme quite a bit throughout. And this movie has a Twilight Zone quality. It's very to fitting. It, yes. it is very. <laughs> it's, this is a dark, dark movie, but uh, it's to, so to me, appealing and inviting. It's very it strange. Is. Like I, I watch this movie as like somebody's really bizarre dream. You know, like that's just how I was watching it because that's how it felt. <laughs> you know. Right. Ackroyd, Ackroyd did some extensive rewrites on this, and Larry Gelbert uh, was not happy with it. Uh, I, I think he wanted his name taken off, is what I read. Uh, so it, it is removed from the from the novel. I've read the novel years ago, and this is, I mean, there's bits of it you recognize and bits of it you don't. It ends very differently. I don't want to ruin the ending of the novel if anybody wants to read it, but they put a more happy ending on the film. It... But as as odd as this was, it never felt disjointed, knowing the production problems, you know, that were right. going on. But it uh, it, it's completely watchable. And again, I just I was like, what is going to happen? And maybe is that the mark <laughs> of a great movie when you go, what's going to happen next? How is this going? Maybe to, so. <laughs> how is this going to uh, work itself out? You know, how is know, this going to resolve? I mean, that was just a strange movie. But again. I loved every minute. Of it. Like I didn't actually want it to end. I was like, "What? What is happening? What's and, going to happen? I don't know." <laughs> and there are some monster movie references here. Um, Ackroyd is wearing blue contact lenses, which make his pupils dilated, and he reminded me of something like like Cheney is the Wolfman. I was just you know that. like yes. and. Uh, Belushi does a straight Karloff walk yeah. at one point and <laughs> they get really dirty and muddy and kind of remind both of them at one point they fall into the swamp and it kind of reminds me a bit of the mummy, you know, yeah. with how dirty they are. And then there's another horror reference. Uh, a car goes into the the swamp and that's very much like Norman Bates pushing Marion Crane's car into the uh, lake in Psycho. Yep. And, so it, it seems to be aware that there's horrific <laughs> stuff, you know, uh, bubbling underneath right. the surface. Right. So it makes me wonder if the two guys had had a more pleasant experience doing this and if they had been able to get more of their vision into it, what it 
what it would have been because it's I, I think it's a, a fine movie as it is. I do too. Roger Ebert liked it. He gave it three out of four stars and says it's a movie that just continually grows on you as it goes. And I agree with him on that. And um, it's it performed okay at the box office. It came out December 18th, 1981. It did okay. It didn't do as well as they wanted it to. A lot of people say the production problems had something to do with that. And uh, John passed away two and a half months later after, you know, this yep. was his last film, too. So another kind of historical marker here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's always fun to talk about Belushi. Um, but it's so weird. I and, and It is. <laughs> and I really, really like it. That's the thing. I, do too. I really like it. It's not... It's not a feel-good movie, but it's not a feel-bad no. movie, and and it's got two really interesting performances from these guys. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting movie. It's like you said, it's very hard to really put into words what this movie is. The, <laughs> the word that came to mind when we were watching it was contrary, because there's so many contrary things in the movie. You know, yeah, the characters will will move in one direction and they'll stop and move in a different direction, and it's it's and Sometimes a really great humorous effect. I think it's very funny. I think the funniest member of the cast is Kathy Moriarty as yeah. Ramona, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's wife. And she just has this thing. I mean, it's the way she talks and how she talks. And there are some really laugh out loud moments in this movie. There like, are. Really laugh. We, we were giggling quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, again, uh, it's a shame what, what, what we could have gotten. Yeah, we... You know, I, I, he he well, he was gonna. I think do he was great things. about to go on to one of the great all time great careers. I think so. I really do. I really really do. I think he was gonna transcend the comedy genre for sure. I think he was gonna blow us away with some stuff. And uh, yeah, and uh, him as a musician though, I mean, there's so much good stuff with him. And I've said before on the show, I'm a fan, and a lot of my passions in life, I have to I have to tip my cap to him every day and say thank you because. He got me in along with my mother, but into like old soul and blues music. And, and I wouldn't be where I'm at today as a musician without that love. And he 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 instilled that in me. You know? I know. The Blues Brothers, if you're interested in American soul music, is a great jumping off point. You know, mm-hmm. listen to those records. That's a great band. It's one of the greatest American bands of all time playing on those records. Those are some of the greatest players of all time, session players in any style of music okay yeah and they brought them together from all genres and that's a crack band it wasn't a joke and he wasn't a joke as a front man and Ackroyd wasn't a joke either and they did some really magical stuff together listen to those albums if you haven't heard them and then if if you like the song go back and find the original artist and these guys were not cashing in on I mean yes okay yes they were cashing in but it wasn't like they were claiming ownership of this stuff they were always giving it up for those original artists mm-hmm. always and making sure those original artists were getting paid their royalties from the albums that they were selling. So there you go. Big Joe Turner was uh, on the verge of bankruptcy and they put flip flop and fly on that first album. And, and it, he got, he wasn't bankrupt anymore. I didn't know that. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So, oh, wow. so yeah, don't listen to people who will, who will knock, you know, uh, look, music is music. Okay. If it's good, it's good. It's, I don't care exactly. who's doing it. I know, but uh, that that has been a uh, th- those albums are educational pieces for me still to this day, and I'm so it's, thankful that so good. that we have what we have. So, I uh, the movie. Listen, um, 
watch the movie. Let us know what you think about it because it's 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 a hard one to quantify. It really it is. Really and I, is. And let me say this: I really like it. I really no, like I the movie. Too. It's worth a watch. You really need to see it. And I almost uh, feel like I want to watch it again soon. Like <laughs> me too. Yeah. And let us know what you think at late night fright podcast at gmail.com because I, I would like to know what you all out there think of this movie because it is like, I wonder if I'm going to have a different view of it going back into it, you know, like, right. I don't know. Right. Right. Uh, I, I, I get what you're saying. And if you're not familiar with John's work and life, look into that too. Watch those. I know it's a lot to take in. He was on for four years on Saturday Night Live. But watch the best of John Belushi on Saturday Night Live. Watch him do the samurai. Pull it up. There's stuff on YouTube you can watch. Watch the movies he was in. Animal House and the Blues Brothers, you know, especially. It's just incredible. Continental Divide, though. We, we need to talk about that. That's an amazing movie. Amazing like movie. because really good. We say, you know, you can't see Bluto or Jake in... In this movie, you, you cannot see, see them in Continental Divide. He is on the lines of like a Spencer Tracy, those you know, mm-hmm. those kind of like classic Hollywood stars. And he is so good in that he movie. He really is. And it's criminal that that was overlooked. And that movie getting overlooked and then the troubled production on Neighbors led to what happened. Mm-hmm. It, it, it contributed, right. I should say. Yeah, it set set in motion some of the events that, yeah. that transpired, and it's and it's a shame. But Continental Divide, man, like really take take your time with this because artists like this are very few and far between. And the further we get away from him, it's kind of the more we can focus on how good this guy really, really mm-hmm. was. Because we're sitting here recording this in 2022 we're recording this in a few hours it's going to be at our time it's going to be the anniversary Mm -hmm. the 40th anniversary of his passing and so we don't have all the pop culture hoopla surrounding him you know we don't we don't have all of that so we can look back you know kind of unblemished and look at this body of work and go what a hell of a performer what a hell of an actor he is one of my favorite actors if not my favorite, and I think is probably the most gifted performer I've ever had the pleasure to watch. And there's a lot going on there. No, no. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Especially watch watch him how in Animal House he pops in and out <laughs> and how welcome he is. And watch how Landis uses him in Animal House. It's perfect. You don't get too much with him. You want to see him more, and you get just enough of him mm-hmm. because he could overpower that. He could have easily overpowered that movie. Right. And I mean, the Blues Brothers is, I think, just a masterpiece. I really mean that. It's, oh, I think so. I think it's really a great, great, great movie. And Aykroyd and Belushi together is just, just wonderful. And check out that book. He, he was special. He was very special. This movie is very special. It's very odd. It, there's nothing like this out there. This is this is something. There really isn't. I've never seen anything. You know, really dark comedy. And I, I, I want to note something before we before we move on. I was looking for information on this, but spoiler alert, his wife gets into Native American studies at the end of the movie. And as the world just kind of falls apart in this movie and she is going to class and she's picked up by a Native American gentleman who's in a Jeep (laughs) and they're obviously having something going on. And I could not find anything to quantify this, but I, I, I mean, 
if you're out there and you know the show King of the Hill, you're already thinking. Well, as we were watching and, and, it, you're yeah, like, this is King of the it's Hill. King of the Hill. Like, it's Dale Gribble and Nancy and John Redcorn. Uh, and I could, I didn't see where they, if they got that from that. But uh, I don't know, but there, there it is. There it was. I was like, oh, King of the Hill. Okay. So, uh, Neighbors, interesting, interesting, interesting it watch. Really is really interesting watch. I feel like it goes from like zero to a hundred, <laughs> like five seconds. It's just like calm, and then it's like, yeah. okay, hits you over the head with all this stuff. The other thing too is it's a comedy for adults. Yeah, I like that too. There's yeah. no childish stuff in it. You know, there's no kind of uh, low hanging fruit. You know, right? It, it's it's gosh, it's it's so hard. I didn't even make notes. I was like, I don't even know what I'm gonna write. Of I mean, let's just see what happens with it. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's strange but good. John Belushi, forty years on, it's amazing. I know it's amazing. Still, I guess still we, we talk about him so much and and watch him and listen to him that it's like it feels like he's it, yeah he's still, still here. he's still here because it's you know it's like it's like Doctor McCoy said in Star Trek Two. He's not dead as long as we remember him and a lot of people remember him and and uh fondly you know you, you hear the stories about him mm-hmm. and there are stories some are not so good especially towards the end but my god they're outweighed by the stories of just this amazing love and kindness and friendship you know that he had right. for people and and yeah get yeah warm and I, I feel like yeah i feel like everybody who I, for the most part, knew him, just loved him so much. I can see Pretty that. Much, I, yeah. I see people post, uh, I think it was Stephen Bishop. I was on his page yeah. the other night and he had just the nicest things to say. About yeah, him. everybody, everybody does. Yeah. Just, yeah. He was a man who had a problem. And unfortunately, <laughs> they weren't able to get that problem really, really addressed. Carrie Fisher said it best, and Carrie Fisher was another soulmate of his. They they really got along. And she said, John didn't get a scare. John didn't get an OD and go to the hospital and get scared right. into getting no, he went right right to it. And in typical Carrie Fisher fashion, I don't remember when she said this, but she said the sound of toilets flushing in California and Hollywood the next morning when it was announced that he had died, everybody flushing their <laughs> flushing their drugs. It was yeah. it was amazing, you know, as only she could she could put it. And um, so if there's anything to take from it, let that be let that be part of the cautionary tale of it, of, of the tragedy, you know, to, mm-hmm. to have balance in your life and, and to, you know, get let don't let those demons take you over. Yeah. Yeah. Because they will. They will. They will do it. They will do it. And they will do it to good people. Like John. I know. So loving. God, I love him. I, I, I love, love him too. I, I love it. I love it. Oh, I'm going to put you on the spot because I, I don't know if I've ever actually asked you yeah. this. What is your absolute favorite moment of him? Anything, him, whether it be performing with the Blues Brothers or yeah. do you have a favorite character? Like if you could just pick one. Oh, man. That, I feel like that, I know the answer, but that I, is really, that's really, really difficult. <laughs> I, well, I mean, because I know, you know, he's, with you your whole life so it's like is there something that you've always just kind of and, and let me tell you something i have a very fond memory and, and kind of share a little personal anecdote uh-huh. in 1985 they released a vhs cassette called the very best of john belushi on saturday night live and uh judy his his widow helped put that together and uh, so i was watching that and it really 
that's what introduced me to another side of him because I'd I knew the Blues Brothers and all that, yeah. and that really, really, really changed me. Uh, at six years old, I knew like this was really funny, and I got it. You know, that was the other yeah. thing too. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, part of me wants to say the samurai because I, 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 I love the samurai, um, <laughs> especially. Uh, Samurai Delicatessen is 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 this amazing piece of work, you know, where he's he's communicating with Buck Henry without even saying a word, you know, and it's it's amazing. But if I have to pick one, mm-hmm. if I have to pick one, it's him doing Joe Cocker. Uh, it's him singing a little help that's, that's from my one. friends because it's this really interesting piece of performance art because you're watching him do an impression of Cocker. But then he's singing as Joe Cotton, you know, and it's, it, it you just don't think it's of it. Just, con- yeah, it's kind of mind blowing. It, <laughs> it's unbelievable how yeah. much he inhabits Joe Cocker physically. But then he sounds like him. I know. Too. It's like, it's pretty spot on. And so I would, I, it, it's so hard. I mean, it, it, it uh, but Blutarski, you know, Blutarski in, in Animal House, you know, I there's, know. I mean, there's so much. Anytime he's on screen at Animal House is amazing. But, you know, I think the one that's had the most lasting impact on me, though, is when they did the Blues Brothers on the in 1978, when uh, Carrie Fisher, ironically enough, hosted the show. And watching that as a kid and hearing that band play I Can't Turn You Loose and Garrett Morris doing doing the introduction. And when they walk out, and I remember as a kid seeing them when they when they walked out, it, it just it it. it did something and watching them dance and sing never gets old. And it's not a joke because it's so good, but it's also right. <laughs> very funny and sweet. at the same time. So yeah. Yeah. It's, How about you just say all of them? I say all of them, <laughs> all of them, all of them. So I know that's going to be a hard, cause I mean, he's like I said, he's been he's, with you your whole life. It's, so. all, it's my whole life. I used to, I used to, I used to, I used to do impressions of him. I, I mean, gosh, him doing Marlon Brando. It's a godfather. You know, I, I mean, I, my friend, uh, a friend of mine and I, we have a shorthand. And one of the shorthands is because in The Godfather, James Conn's character, Sonny, gets shot. And John Belushi, as Vito, says, uh, Also, they shot my son Santino 76 times. Yeah. <laughs> my family to this day, when he's because he's in group there, I think it's a brilliant skit, which actually led to the creation of The Sopranos in 1999. Vito Corleone and group therapy. It's uh, br- brilliant. That's inspired. And and when he says, uh, there's a line in there, also things are not so good in my olive oil company. And my family says it like, like if somebody has something, you know, tragic befall, not, uh-huh. not awful tragic, but you know, something's not going right. Like things are not so good in their olive oil company. <laughs> you know? So I love it. Yeah. They shot my son Santino 57 times. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. I know. Watch his stuff. Let me throw it back to you. Uh, do you have Do you have one? I have favorite? to go. I feel like I have to go with Jake. I don't know. There's just something so like magical about him. Yeah. You know? Not even just the movie. Just him performing and dancing and just being with that band. It's just I don't know. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it 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 really it really really is. Yeah. And I want to say this too. Um, Watching him, the way that he moved, and he was a big guy. He, he moved so just fluidly, <laughs> fluidly, and that's him doing all the all the flips in the Blues Brothers movie. I know when he flips down the aisle in the church. So, 
un un unreal. Unreal. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I I got to a point I was I was very mad with him for a long time because he had left us so early. I had to I had to I had to I did I, I don't know if anybody else has had this experience, you know, when people leave too early, you know. And I've never I never met him, you know, but you know, when people leave too early, I had to I had to like let it go. I had to I had to forgive him mm-hmm. in a way and try to understand what what went on with him, you know, and, and, and I know it might sound, sound odd, but I really did. I had to forgive him in a way and, um, just be thankful for what we have of his because he's, it's just that amazing. You know, I don't, I don't know. All of them. I'm going to say all, all of them. Of them. <laughs> all of them. I do know that you are partial to cheeseburger. cheeseburger I was cheeseburger. just about to say that actually, <laughs> like you read my mind. <laughs> oh my goodness i could say we could do a four-hour show just talking about, we about, about our, really our love of our love of john belushi um <laughs> well we're getting close to the news break let's check in with our guest news anchor see if oh, he's yeah. calmed down any uh we of course have the evil half <laughs> of captain kirk of course we would <laughs> from the transporter incident in the enemy within <laughs> The fifth episode of Star Trek, the original series, you know, so many people take this show way too seriously. I mean, I mean, why would you know it's the fifth episode? Who who, who knows that? <laughs> who knows that? People all need to get a life. So should we try and get him on the phone? Because uh, it's coming up. We should try. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're putting a call in right now. You okay, ready? I'm all ready. Right. Oh, it's ringing. It's ringing again. Oh, goodness. Hopefully he's calmed down. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. There you go. Uh. I'm going to kick. Uh. I'm going to kick. Oh, man, man, lay off the coffee. <laughs> man, hopefully this, get, hopefully this gets better. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to take a very short break. This is a news break, so stay tuned for all of the fake news not fit to print. I am Dan. And I am We'll see you on the other side. Oh, I think Dr. McCoy needs to give Captain Kirk a sedative. I think so, too. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <sighs> oh, man. That's rough. It's rough all <laughs> over right now, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, we're not going to hear from him again tonight, are we? I hope not. Uh, I'm not making a call. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm not calling him. <laughs> all right. So Faith made, a, uh, Faith made a comment when we were on our break. She said, this has been really nice because it's been his show tonight. Mm-hmm. And again... We we're doing this because we're marking the 40th anniversary of his passing, and uh, it just felt appropriate because it has been 40 years, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, wow, it's it, time's just well, time does that, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> time does that. So, uh, John, John, wherever you are, man, thank you. I know. Thank and you, John. Um, 
just if if you're not familiar with his work, please, please check you're it crazy. out. Crazy. You are crazy. <laughs> You are crazy. You'll be a little less crazy, maybe more crazy <laughs> if you check it out. We need more crazy today. Good crazy. You know, I, I do for just a second. I want to talk about just the anti-establishment vibe that that he had. And I feel like I said it before. We need that these days. We, we really do. It is amazing to me how people can roll over so quickly. Some of it's not their fault because there's a massive psychological operation going on. It, well, it gets you to obey whatever the person on the TV says. George Orwell talked about that in 1984 uh, at great length. If you haven't read that, please read that. In fact, read 1984 before you watch all the Belushi stuff. <laughs> but it's amazing how people will roll over so quickly and, uh, you were telling me you heard something the other day that critical thinking is a detriment to society because if you think critically, you're not going to go along with whatever scheme, whatever agenda is being, whatever the agenda is, Yes, be it, you know, war. Yes. Yeah. Cause war is always a good idea, right? War is always a great idea. Oh yeah. Great idea. I have a feeling a time is coming. We're going to learn that some of the history that we know, maybe all of it, most of it, all of it, who knows, is not what you think it is. And I, I, I've said it on this show before. I don't think that humans are naturally warlike. I think that there I don't is think so. that there is something going up the works, be it an agenda or mm-hmm. something like that. But think critically and be anti-establishment. It's okay to be anti-establishment and don't fall for the argument of, well, if you're against this, you must be for this. Nope. Or Doesn't if you're, or if you're, if you're, uh, uh, you know, for this, you must be against this. Nope. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean that at all. Nope. You know, I have my beliefs. You all out there have your beliefs and, and hopefully, and hopefully we can all get along. You we know? can all get along and sit down and have a decent conversation yes. about that and, and decide what kind of world that we want to live in. Because I'm pretty sure when we get down to it, we all want to live in the same kind of world. I don't know if we've ever said it here, but I know we've said it to each other. Like, we just want to be left alone. And I'm sure most people out there also want to be just left alone. I want the peace and freedom Mm -hmm. to live my very best life. Because it's short. You're not promised tomorrow. You want to live how you want to live. The only thing that I want for everyone else is that they have the peace and freedom to live their very best life. And as long as we are in agreement that that's what we're going to do and we're not going to hurt each other and anyone else, let's rock. Let's, let's jam. Yeah, exactly. Seriously, let's jam. <laughs> yep. Let's jam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Hicks, the late great comedian, said if we, if we stop putting emphasis on the things that we do, which are actually unimportant, you know, mm-hmm. all this military spending and all this, that we could explore space inner and outer together. I believe that. I yep, really believe I that. I do too. I think the guy we talked about tonight believed that too. Mm-hmm. So John Belushi, check him out. Check out Neighbors. We we were, you know, ducking and diving with it, but really it was his show tonight. And, it was. and we wanted this to be his show because and that we movie don't. It's hard to describe. It's hard to describe, <laughs> but very watchable. Yes. And they do bring it in for a landing. It's, it's maybe not what you thought. I, I was, was not expecting that at all. Yeah. I think we both looked at each other and were like, okay. All right. <laughs> all right. And, uh, 
we, we like I said, it's it's big anniversary, and there's nothing really we could we could do horror sci-fi wise with him. But this one really seemed to be closest, you know. And it is—it's very dark comedy. It's and dark comedies are hit and miss sometimes, and this you, has a bit of the absurd do you to it. Feel like there's an underlining meaning that we're not—that I feel like there's something I'm not necessarily picking up, but I feel it. Like to this movie, there's like a hidden message. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm catching, but I'm not. Uh, I think it's that the uh, the rat race is is a dead end. Yeah, you know. Um, that's yeah. I feel like there's like slightly break your programming. That, break yeah, your programming. Yeah, okay, that's kind of where yeah. that's kind of where I'm going in my mind. Like yeah. you know, because you have two characters, Aykroyd and Kathy Moriarty, who are kind of doing their own thing, and and then you have a guy stuck in this, you mm-hmm. know, stuck on the hamster wheel as it is, you know, and, and so break your programming. I think is is what it's I maybe trying to say. I don't know. It's muddled. It's it's muddled. But there's some things yeah. in there. There's some really good. There's some really great ideas in there. But uh, very watchable. I like I, I like it quite oh, I like a bit, it a lot. and you know, obviously historic because it's his final film performance. So great performance too oh, yes. from both of them. Both of them they're wonderful together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wonderful. So it, it 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 saddens me that we're not gonna we'll never get to see what their Ghostbusters would have been. I think it would have yeah, been I know. been special. So well, speaking of ghost and creepy crawly things, we're gonna let you know what next movie is. If you listened last week, you know what it is. <laughs> or you should have listened. <laughs> you should get all your friends to listen, too. Like a whole bunch of friends. All of them. All of them. <laughs> we have a very, very special request uh, from a listener, and we're going to go ahead and do that. The next movie is going to be 1993. I believe it's 1993. 1993's Ernest Scared Stupid, starring the one and only Jim Varney as Ernest P. Worrell and the late, great Eartha Kitt is in the movie as nice. well. So it should I be a lot of fun. I think I've seen I've it. I've seen this one. But it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um I'm really looking forward to it. I, I like Ernest. It it's it's yeah. It's it is a little spooky from what I hear. So uh kid kid friendly spooky, but that's okay. I, I if anything if it's good, it's good. Okay. So we're gonna go ahead and do Ernest Scared Stupid. The week after will be a double We'll have two shows. We're going to do the two, Finally. two Cole Shack <laughs> TV movies. We're going to do the Night Stalker and the Night Strangler. And we can go ahead and announce what's going to be the week after that. We got the one and only Nicolas Cage in an HP Lovecraft adaptation, The Color of Space. I can't believe we have Is it The Color it. of Space or Color Out of Space? It's something about the color and space. I'm not sure. Nicolas Cage is in it. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's all that matters. And we haven't seen it. I'm so shocked that we haven't seen it, but I've been wanting to. So, so we're gonna we're gonna get to that. It's gonna be. We great. also still need to find him if he's still around town. He is in town <laughs> filming filming that Dracula movie. So gotta we gotta find we gotta him. Gotta hunt him so, down. <laughs> yes, we do. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you all for tuning in. We hope that you're doing well out there. We know we know it's weird. We <laughs> we know it's really weird. We hope you're doing well, taking care of yourself taking care of your neighbor because as Don Cornelius, the late great host of Soul Train said, be good to yourself, be good to your neighbor. We can only change the world one person at a time. That person you start with is yourself. So 
So let's get to it, huh? Let's 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 sit down and think about the world that we want to live in, and let's make it that world, huh? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Let's forget about them. Let's do our own thing. How's that sound? I, I know, like it. I like it too. Like why why are you pe- why is everybody so obsessed with these people? Yeah, Leave them alone. I like it. Turn your TV off. Live I your like life. It. Do uh, your thing. There you go. Seriously. There you go. Watch John Belushi. There you go. There you go. And old Star Trek. <laughs> yes. And and we'll have to and check John in on Belushi Captain Belushi as Captain Kirk. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to check in on Captain Kirk at a later date. Not tonight. I hope he's I hope he's all right. So <laughs> thank you again, one and all. Late night fright podcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to us and uh, I'd love to hear from each and every one of you. And and I have it set up now. I can get back to you immediately. So there's no <laughs> so there's no lag time on that. So, well, feels like it's that time, doesn't it? It does. It feels like it's over. It feels like it is. It feels like yeah. it's over. So let's see if we snap our fingers. Can we make the magic happen? Let's see. All right. Let's see. Here it goes. It's over. It's One, over. two, three. What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. No, it's Was not. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? German? Forget it, he's rolling. he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough. You still there? John? The tough get going. There he is. Who's with me? Let's go. Come on. All right, that's the only way it could end tonight. <laughs> <laughs> And it is over. <laughs> it is over. Tune in next week for Ernest Scared Stupid. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We should take it out. Take us home, Faith. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be a vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on, on a leash. leash. We will see you on the other side. Bye, John. <laughs>